Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I'm your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie's here. We're going to talk some IndyCar. We're going to talk some F1. Go to social media and you can see our NASCAR playoff predictions. Kyle Larson won round one. That's all I have on that one. And before we start, Frenchie, I came up with, uh, I, I Googled some fun questions to ask. These aren't necessarily fun. This is from a team building website. So, you know, we're going to take... One, if you if you don't have a good answer for one, I'll go to the second one. If you got to pick your own theme music, like for your life, every day you start out, your theme music plays as you like get ready in the morning and like, you know, do what it is ever you do before you start your day. What is your theme music? Does it have to be an existing theme song or is it just a regular mainstream song? Whatever you want. There's no rules. I think I would have some. I'm picturing like the my life as a movie and the image, like the music that I want wouldn't fit, but it would be some kind of slow blues guitar like all the time. Okay. All right. Well, that's not that's not specific enough. So we're going to have to go to a second question after. After I give mine. Because I, while sitting here, picked something chaotic, or I'm going to pick something chaotic from my Spotify. And we're going to call this my life music. And we're going to go with, okay, let's see what's chaotic down here. Let's go with New Noise by the punk band Refused. So that is going what if to... if I just... Go ahead. No, that's it. Go ahead. You interrupted me. Well, I had a thought... <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Didn't want to wait. Go ahead. I also want to listen to that song now, but what if I just type in theme to my library in Spotify and whatever comes up first is my theme? Okay, I dig it. <laughs> the Miami Vice theme song. So <laughs> let's, let's do that. I'll go with that, I guess. Okay. Well, since I said I was going to ask a second one, we're going to go with a second one here. And we're going to go with, if you could have free... Free meals for life at one fast food chain. What fast food fam- chain would you choose? That would not be good for my health. No, let's let's just pretend your health is perfect and eating fast food does not affect your diet. For everybody listening, okay. this is purely sarcastic. Please don't take anything I say as medical advice ever. Fast food restaurant that I would want to eat. Um, 
this is not easy, but I guess I'll say Shake Shack. Their burgers are pretty good. Okay. And All you right. can get milkshakes too. So that's a pretty good option. All right. The obvious one is Chick-fil-A, but I don't want to be obvious. And then they opened up a Raising Cane's near me, which is pretty good, but also really kind of upsets my stomach greatly. So I'm going to go with, I don't know. I don't eat a lot of red meat anymore. So I'm, I'm trying to think of something like chicken related that's not Chick-fil-A and not Popeye's because Popeye's is disgusting. Oh, so, I like Popeye's. Oof, gross. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Can I go with Wawa? Like, does that count? Because like, it's kind of fast food. Like the Wawa deli section. We're going to go with that because like I make the rules now. So yeah. Okay. I don't know. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with F1? Because we'll probably get through that really quick and then we can talk about IndyCar. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Right. Let's do it. Okay. Can you tell how overtired and over today I am right now? Yeah, so I can really sense your enthusiasm for F1 as usual. Uh, let me tell you, I have to admit, before we start talking about F1, I watched the eight-minute YouTube highlight of what happened on Sunday and have not even attempted to watch the race. Okay, well, I watched the entire race. I did not watch it live, but I did watch the replay. And I thought it was a pretty exciting race. If you forget about Max, as usual... The battle between the Ferraris and Checo Perez was awesome to watch. I thought there were a lot of... The DRS wasn't so overpowerful at Monza, which is interesting because I guess it's lower downforce. And therefore, it didn't just allow you to fly by somebody. It kind of got you up alongside them, and then you had to make it stick. And drivers had problems doing that, which was fun to watch. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the highlights were decent. It's, I have a hot take on Monza. I think it's okay. overrated. I think it's overrated. I don't disagree with you. I don't I... think it's like the worst track by any means, but I think it's like for yeah. like the temple of speed, it's it's a couple straightaways and a couple like, you know, fun kind of high speed corner chicane type combos. But I don't know. All in all, for the most part, it doesn't typically produce the best races it produces some races with some interesting outcomes you know gasly winning ricardo winning but for the most of that like the gasly race like obviously you and i were were excited because we're big gasly fans but most of that race was awful it was not exciting so yeah that's that's my rant i'll try not to rant i think it's like monaco i would say it's like a step up from monaco but like barely Barely. I don't think it's I don't think it's worth the hype. But they're so historical that I think sure. that's the reason why everyone gets so excited. And sure. I guess that adds to the mystique of the place. Unfortunately, a lot of drivers have died at Monza. I mean, yeah. Jock and Rint died there. Ronnie Peterson died not at, at Monza, but you know, in the right. race there and was being flied away, flown away. So it's it's got a lot of history. I didn't I didn't think this race was amazing. Sure. But I was entertained by it. And I guess a couple of the highlights are 
Yuki Tsunoda's engine blowing before <laughs> the race even got started. Poor Yuki. What else do we have? Carlos Sainz got a really good start from pole and actually held Max off for a few laps, which everyone knew was not going to last, but it was still fun to watch while it was happening. I'm trying to think of what else. Checo got, took a long, long time to get past the Ferraris, which was fun because I thought he was going to end up in fourth place and off the podium and embarrass himself. But he ended up making it into second place. And then I guess the last thing is the the collision between Lewis Hamilton and Oscar Piastri. Is that was that in the highlight video that you watched? No, I did read about it though, and Hamilton kind of coming out and apologizing. So yeah, I mean, I what I what I read Hamilton say, I don't have an issue with him kind of speaking out, being like, listen, that was you know my mistake and I cost him points. So I'm all I'm all good with that one. Liam Lawson did well once again. I think he finished twelfth or so. Thirteenth. Thirteenth. Okay. Thirteenth. Thirteenth so, or eleventh? Because I saw a graphic that he finished eleventh and thirteenth in his two races so far. But yeah, pretty pretty impressive. I saw this graphic that was like. You know, how have recent, how, not recent, how have current drivers fared in their first two races? And it's hard to compare because you know, Lewis had, you know, two pretty epic races at the beginning of his career with like a third and a second or a second and a third. And, but most guys are, you know, they were trying to say Lawson was significantly better than everybody else except Lewis, which I don't know. I think they're all roughly around the same you know, whether it's 14th or 15th. So, you know, it's, I, it's fine, but listen, he did very well. He He's kept the car clean for two races, which is important. Yes. Which is something Yuki did not do as a rookie. And he's obviously also been able to extract just about the performance we've seen Yuki get out of that car. I mean, I don't think he's had any better results than about, 11th i don't remember did you could get a point in zandvoort to be honest i don't remember i'm looking at the moment and yes he did no at spa sorry he he got a 10th place so he's finished 10th three times um gotten some points so i mean liam lawson's knocking on the door and finished 11th that he's only going to get better this was his first full weekend because he was really thrown in at the deep end in Sanford. And I think he's showing that maybe it actually doesn't matter how long Daniel Ricardo is going to take to recover from his injury. Because when you've got a guy who's seemingly this talented and kind of the young gun that you can groom for success and move up to Red Bull in the future, maybe that's what you do. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good, you know, it's a good, it's where you want to start, especially with Ricardo missing two more and, and likely they will give the seat back to Ricardo for the final handful mm-hmm. of races if, if he's healthy. So, you know, he's definitely, I don't know, I, th- I think he's making more of an impression to me than somebody like Nick Dubreeze because it's, 
you know, sustained over a couple weekends now. And, you know, even if he finishes 15th or 16th or something like that, realistically, he's going to finish ahead of the Haas cars because, you know, they drive on cobblestone tires. So, you know, I just don't understand why every year the Haas cars are like, we can't figure out tire wear. It's like five years now, guys. Figure it out. Okay, sorry. Yeah, they're they're only there because they just don't want to sell to anyone else. Yet they want to keep watching F1 go up in value and Gene Haas will sell when he thinks that his investment has reached the peak and is only going to decline from there. He doesn't seem to have any passion for the sport whatsoever and want to actually make his team competitive, which is really disappointing. Yeah, I agree. What's next? So I think I just have a couple more things to get to. Hold Lewis on. Hamilton. Your, your predictions? Your your F1 predictions? Oh, yeah. Well, I predicted... I assume these are people to do well. I picked Alex Albon. Which he did. He had a good race defending yeah. from everybody. I mean, he's still been really impressive. I think he's carrying that car on his back by dragging it up to seventh place. And maybe... I, I have Ferrari written down here. So I don't know if I said Ferrari was going to be, do terrible at Monza. And maybe that's what broke their curse. Because, Fair. I mean, second and... No, sorry. Third and fourth was some of the best results we've seen from them all season. I mean, Charles finished second in Austria. But other than that, they haven't really been on the podium very much, except for he was also on the podium in Baku. I don't think this is going to be a sign of their performance for the rest of the season, but it's good for them that their home race, which is kind of an outlier racetrack, as we touched yeah. on, is somewhere where they're able to perform for their fervent fans. Yeah, good for Ferrari fans to kind of step back from the very edge of whatever ledge they might be standing on after the first <laughs> yeah, 15, <laughs> 14 races this year. So yeah, yeah, I, I that might have been a step too far. I'm not really sorry, though, but, you know, so <laughs> let's just keep going. You were talking about Lewis before. Yeah, Lewis and George have signed contracts with Mercedes that will take them to the end of 2025. Okay. I guess That's at good. that point, maybe they can gauge whether or not they think Mercedes is the place to be for the new regulations. Well, in 2026. In 2026, Lewis will be what, 44? I think 40, 41. Is he really? Oh, I thought he was like 39 right now. I thought he was born in 1985, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't even know I'll how old I am. I am right now. Everybody's going to get a kick out of that because I 100% do. But... He was born in 1985, January of 1985. Okay. So, so he's, he's 38. 38. So, yeah, I mean, at that point, I whatever you're getting out of Lewis Hamilton at 41 is you know not going to be a number one driver, you know, unless he goes to kind of a rebuilding team to help them get up and running, like kind of like Vettel did with Aston Martin. Like he did a year or two there, maybe got them headed in the right direction internally. So maybe that that's the only way I see him leaving Mercedes. 
George, on Fair, the other hand, but you don't see him. Sorry, you don't see him as one of the best on the grid anymore. I'm not saying I don't see him as one of the best on the grid, but you know, maybe if Mercedes is winning races, he's like, you know, I'm gonna go. I don't know, go for the next Aston Martin. But do I see him like a number one driver at like just hypothetical Red Bull or McLaren or Ferrari? No, not really. Not at that point in his career. Does he deserve a ride? Yes. Deserve has nothing to do with anything in racing, but he would deserve a ride. But is he going to be the far out number one? Probably not. I still think he and Alonzo could be number ones anywhere. I think I think Alonzo out of a car. I saw this YouTube video about how Alonzo stopped aging when he got electrocuted in the tests before the start of the 2015 season. You know, apparently mm-hmm. when he remember when he crashed and then he missed the first race and something like there's a, a you know conspiracy theory, you know, so put your tinfoil hat on that he you know, got electrocuted and whatever the electrocution did, like he like literally doesn't look like he's aged a day in the last nine years since the accident. So like I could see Fernando Alonso racing until he's like 84 years old because, you know, he doesn't age anymore. So, you know, he's probably not even 100 percent human at this point. Uh, yeah, I don't think Lewis is very age very much either, but I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm being nice to Lewis because the next thing I'm about to say is not so nice about maybe, Lewis. Maybe, maybe. Go for it. And to get into that, he made some comments about Max that I thought were pretty lame and rather, I don't know, they just didn't come off. He just looked whiny and spiteful saying them and he was basically saying that max's championships don't mean as much because he hasn't had the type of teammates that are really competitive and that make it hard you know even when max has the same car to yeah win and so i went back and max has already responded to this and basically said his statement was actually really good about it and i can read some of it but i don't think we even really need to the gist of it was just that lewis is jealous of the success right now which is clearly the case and he's just not happy with where he is he's he's dominated for so long and he's used to it at this point and he clearly has an issue with max i mean they don't like each other it, that's very abundantly clear However, I went back and looked at Lewis's teammates. And for all of his championships. Yeah. Okay. He was either with, well, in 2008, he was with Heike Kovalainen. Not an impressive driver. He has one win. Like, I mean, he's an impressive driver. He's an F1 driver, but he's not the type of teammate that, Lewis is saying that he had that was so hard to go up against. He didn't have a storied F1 career that, you know, we're going to talk about for the next 50 years. Nope. And then he was teammates with Jensen Button for a period at McLaren. Yeah. They didn't, neither of them won the title at that, during that time. And actually it's his first season where he was teammates with Brando Alonso that they went and competed really hard against each other. But again, neither won the championship. 
So he won all of his titles with either Nico Rosberg as his teammate or Valtteri Bottas. Uh, the gap between Lewis and Nico in 2014 was 67 points. Seems like Lewis dominated Nico that season, even though Nico is a world champion. In 2015, Lewis dominated Nico again by 59 points. Mm-hmm. And then in 2016, when Nico finally won the title, he only beat Lewis by five points. Right, right, right. Botas, it wasn't even close any of the times. And so I went and looked at Verstappen's teammates. He had Carlos Sainz, Daniel Ricciardo. And then he was also teammates with Gasly and Albon before now being teammates with Sergio Perez. Yeah. I personally put Sergio Perez in about the same league as Valtteri Botas. They are pretty much equal to me. You could interchange them in and out of the cars and they're the same driver. They are good enough to win if you give them the best car, but they're not elite. I would take this. They were never going to be champions. Slight side side note. I would take Botas over Perez, but we don't have to debate that now. We can save that for the off season, but okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. That's so I I also, uh, okay. I, I just don't rate Nico Rosberg that highly either. I get he was a champion, but I don't know. Lewis is talking about how all of his championships mean more because it was so competitive. Like, you weren't Ayrton Senna going up against Alain Prost or vice versa. You weren't Michael Schumacher going up against Mika Hakkinen. No offense. I'm sorry. You just yeah. weren't, and that's the way it was. So I don't think you can discount Max Verstappen's titles at all. And there's no reason to do it anyway. Because Max has said the same kind of crap. I went and looked back. In 2019, he said something about Lewis hasn't had the best teammates. And they just fire back and forth at each other. It's this lame war of words. Talent should just respect talent. And they each need to get over themselves. Because they've won enough that like most drivers looking at those two guys, their careers, would kill to have even half the stats that those guys have. So yep. there's no point in trying to discount each other. They're they're going to be both mentioned in discussions of who is the greatest F1 driver of all time. And there's no way to really determine which of them is actually better because they're not on equal footing. They've not been in the same team and they're not the same age. Yeah, it's kind of exhausting. It's like this like silly like grade school like you know that no, you you spoke, you know, you did this, you did this, you did this. And it's just like, listen, y'all are the same. Verstappen's in the same boat now that Hamilton was in. No championship, pretty much, other than the Max and Lewis battle year in the last, I don't know, 12 years has been considerably close. I guess Ros- the year Rosberg won by five points. So two out of the last 11 or 12 years have had technically close championship battles. And, you know, really you can take out one because Rosberg and Lewis were teammates. So there was one battle in the last 12 years that was not between teammates for the championship. So why, why are we, why are we wasting our time on this? Not, not you just, you know, why do they keep saying silly things like that? Because they are essentially and everyone's going to hate me for saying this, and it, it, it's going to make me feel good to say it because I'm going to alienate 
all people, not just yes. fans of one or the other. They are the same person when you dig deep down into it. And that's why they hate each other. And that's also why their fans hate each other because they're literally rooting for people who are essentially, if you boil it down, have many of the same traits and characteristics. I mean, I get there are fundamental differences, you know, basic differences, but a lot of their major traits are the same. And that's what's made them so successful. But it also means that they butt heads. Yeah. Okay. Let's, we have anything F1 left? Last thing. Okay. Yeah. Last thing is that the FIA has actually revealed that all 10 teams have complied with the cost cap for 2022. So no one's getting a penalty, which I'm happy and sad about that because (laughs) it was going to be fun to watch someone fall afoul of this and see what the extreme penalty was going to be and just whatever their excuse was to try to wriggle out of punishment. But it's also good that teams, you know, kind of saw what was going to happen and followed the rules. But actually, wait, one more thing. Max, it made history this weekend. I think we should just at least make passing mention of it. He became the first driver to win 10 races in a row, beating Sebastian Vettel's record of, I think it was 2013, where he won the last nine races of the season. Yeah. And then I believe Red Bull has also broken some kind of a streak with the most consecutive race wins. And I have no doubt that they're going to continue that streak and they may sweep the season. So as boring as it kind of is that there's not competition, at least we do get to say that we are witnessing history being made and that this level of dominance is one that will be looked back upon for years to come. Can you imagine if we get, you know, a sweep this year and essentially, you know, we have 24, 2024 and 2025. So like we could see a like epic period of like three years of just nothing but Red Bull. There's going to be someone who will break that streak and it will really annoy Red Bull. (laughs) Those those five hundred thousand dollar hotel rooms in Vegas will will drop immensely in value when everybody realizes they already know who won the the Las Vegas slot machine Grand Prix two thousand in November. But it's not about the racing, man. Come on, it's about being seen and being an influencer and taking selfies by F one stuff. Excuse me while I go jump out the back window and into the creek. <laughs> for a little dip right so that's right. all you meant right totally you know the 20 foot drop won't probably won't be enough to end the suffering that is the 2023 <laughs> f1 season <laughs> it'll just break both legs catastrophically. Yeah, just, just break both of my legs anyway so we're going to talk about indycar i only have a few things and i'll turn yes. it over to you i So similarly, kind of like, you know, nobody hypes Portland up like they hype Monza up. I just don't think Portland is is that interesting of a racetrack. It's very boring. The tire, the the tire wear was was brutal. And listen, it's not Firestone's fault because everybody has the same tire issues. So these guys either have to figure out something. The guys or the teams have to figure out something better. But like 
the tire wear on the straightaway, like the marbles on the straightaway, when when we were watching it Sunday afternoon, girlfriend said to me, like, what's what are marbles? Now, granted, she knows nothing about racing before before the Indianapolis road course race two months ago. So please don't attack me in the comments when I post the episode on Friday. But, you know, the it was almost like like it looked like the outer part of the track was like layered in and like but it was just tons of marbles. So Portland isn't that exciting. Portland turn one, which is in our predictions, is almost less exciting because they start the race. They, they start the restarts and the start of the race in turn 10, turn 11, turn 12. You know, somewhere. I, don't know why I think it's 11, but maybe it's. 12. yeah whatever it is you know they start earlier so it's less thrilling and i i know the weather is is good there but i don't know this this one oh it's turn 12 okay you know this this one really did, didn't do much in terms of excitement for me I, I don't know it was just you know it wasn't definitely wasn't super super exciting but that's my portland rant and shout out to Miles Rowe for being the first African American to win a American Open Wheel Championship of any sort, and he already signed with HMD for Indy Lights in 2024. What else we got? It's absurd. It's taken that long. It's really absurd, but I'm glad it finally happened. Yeah, yeah. I always just kind of like assumed, honestly, like ignorantly assumed that uh, that. What's his name? Willie T. Ribs won some sort of championship, but I was forgot he didn't. Yeah, you know, he was in like Trans Am, and he was kind of all over the place. So he had a little bit of a different mm-hmm. path to IndyCar. And the only other driver, unfortunately, that comes to mind is George Mack, and I think he was just an Indy Five Hundred, maybe whatever Indy Lights was back then. But I know he wasn't winning much. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. What do we got? Our predictions. Let's see. Let's run over those real quick or run through those, not run over them, but it'll feel like (laughs) getting run over. I'm I'm all I'm all for that today. If it makes the day end quicker, I'm all for it. Okay, let's back the bus right over. <laughs> uh, we wanted to see how many cars would be involved in a scuffle in turn one. 
And I would say, actually, we talked about this before the episode. There were two cars because Joseph Newgarden and Kyle Kirkwood got into each other and both had to go through kind of the runoff area. But I mean, it didn't end either one of their races, so it's not maybe what we were talking about. But I said six cars, which is way off. And you said three. So we're both over. Yeah, but you're closer. I'll take it. I mean, that's my only win for these. So. No, you won also good weekend because I said Scott McLaughlin and although he qualified on the front row, he finished ninth while you picked Scott Dixon, who finished third. Okay. All right. I feel a little bit better about that. But I destroyed on the bad weekend one because you picked Alex below to have a bad weekend and he won his second championship in dominant fashion (laughs) while I picked Will Power, who finished 25th. So. Yeah, you know, definitely can't win, a, can't win them all. Yep, yep, you win that one. What do we got Did next? you want to talk about the Elio and was it, who was blocking him again? Polo. Was it Polo blocking him? Yeah, that was yeah, the Yeah, it was, you're right. Yeah. I yeah, don't so know why I couldn't think of that. Before, before we get there, a one thing that race control did admirably was the Kirkwood on Hunter Ray. Uh, oh yeah. 125% a, a penalty well-deserved. I thought the penalty was justified in terms of, you know, whatever they gave, you know, drop two positions or whatever. There was a few blocking penalties. There was also like five pit lane speeding penalties this weekend, which yeah, I, w- I was asked like, is this normal? I'm like, no, I don't, I have no idea what's going on, but so there's I have there's... them. Hold on. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Okay. Pit lane yeah. speed penalties. Wow. Yeah, you're right. And then it was a where did that go? Oh, 27. Blocking. He had to yield the position, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then oh, failure to follow the direction of IndyCar was a penalty for Kirkwood. And he got he got two blocking penalties. Yeah, the other one was also was a little bit more questionable, but I had I don't remember having I remember saying uh, Sunday when we were watching the race that I didn't have an issue with it. So, okay, I don't remember off the top of my head. But there's two things I have an issue with. I don't I don't know where I want to start because I don't want to get all right. Oh, <laughs> I know what you're going to say for the second one. Okay, yeah. So the first one is the polo blocking. Maybe they didn't want to call a penalty on him because championship, golden boy, BS, screw it. He just that was that was literally two or three blocks in one section of the track. It was the it was almost as obvious as Kirkwood on Hunter Ray, if albeit in maybe a less dangerous maneuver, but it was still two or three blocking moves. So horrendous. The inconsistency in one race where you call a couple blocking penalties in one case, but you don't on the leader just just screams, screams inconsistency. I'm not gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that so I don't say anything I don't actually want to say. I'll let you comment on that before we go on to 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 rant number two. I just wanted to say that if I were Kyle Kirkwood, I would be pissed off. Yeah, that I yeah. got a penalty and Alex Pillow didn't, and I would be wondering and making 
phrase control provide me an explanation as to why mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. if you watch those two instances back to back i don't know how you can argue that they were very different yeah point number two we've talked about this a bunch and mm -hmm. i have said for a while rules are rules blah 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 they've called it this way for five years but the rosen was it no not rosenquist when power was it power that spun and no, Canapino, yes. Canapino, um, power spun oh, right. early on. Uh, Canapino, when he spins and stalls, I don't even remember, honestly, what turn that was. I think they said turn nine. But, and he's not in the most dangerous spot in the track, but he's also not, you know, he's not in the woods in, in Portland. He's still, you know, if somebody else makes a mistake, they're going right into him. So I just don't understand this, let's wait for cars to be able to pit anymore because canapino is clearly in a somewhat dangerous spot track cars were having trouble with tire wear so you know if somebody just not necessarily has a tire blowout just gets in the marbles they're going off and also we were we were we we waited a, with a potential safety issue for one car like it wasn't mm -hmm. like half the field if it's half the field going in like I might have a different tune, but it, we waited for one car. This rule needs to stop. It's garbage. It just prolongs it. It's awful. I don't enjoy it. I I appreciate that they're trying to keep things racing. And if, you know, Canapino safely spins and he's, you know, ends up in Washington state. Okay, fine. He's out of harm's way. We can, we can wait. We can pull the car aside. But in this case, he's not. I just, I truly don't get it. And it just made me feel that race control was completely... I don't want to say clueless because that's not the right word. Completely, I don't know, playing Angry Birds on their phone half the weekend because it was just so all over the place. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think they were clueless. They knew exactly what they were doing is the problem. Yeah, clueless was not a good word choice. I just don't know what I want to use. They were being just really biased or manipulating the race in a way that they shouldn't. Yeah. Because... Like you said, they waited for Felix Rosenquist to be able to come in and pit. I'm sorry, he was one of the last ones to come in and pit. If the yellow comes out, you, your strategy just screwed you. That's just the way it works. Sorry, bud, you have bad luck generally, Felix. Like You're going to move on. This is a, another one of our news pieces. He's going to Meyershank Racing for multiple <laughs> year contract. Yeah. So hopefully he'll have better luck at that team uh, after he moves on from the number six car at McLaren. But I just, you can't do that because Scott Dixon was so angry on the radio and, and I was, was right all yeah. about that Yeah, because it, it was, it was farcical what they did. It, it was embarrassing. I think for people watching this race, that's, I mean, it's nowhere near a Michael Massey 2021 level ridiculousness, sure, sure. but no, nothing like this should be allowed to happen because we don't want it to get to that point where race control feels that they can dictate the race and choose whether or not this, they can put a yellow out. You just put a yellow out when something like this happens. The situation dictates it, not race control. Yeah, I have a hard time arguing with that because you could almost say in a way, hello, one... He didn't win because he didn't get a penalty called, but he kept his lead because of no penalty being called. 
Felix finished second because there was no call, you know, because of whatever, you know, whatever you want to call their silliness. So two thirds of the podium was two thirds of the podium should not actually be on the podium. And yes, Pelot dessert Pelot had a hell of a race, but he's still blocked. Like not even close. It was a hundred percent of blocking. I don't, I would like to find somebody who genuinely disagrees that it was a, that Pelot blocked there. And I would like to understand what you, what you're thinking. And I don't like, I don't mean like debate it. I just want to hear from somebody else who doesn't think it's blocking. And tell me why he probably could have still won the race, even if he had to yield the position that he blocked. Sure. I, I don't see a reason why not, but you should definitely penalize. I think especially the guy who's been this dominant because he doesn't need extra help. We actually, I would rather see you penalize him egregiously because then the finale would be more interesting. Mm-hmm. And obviously mm-hmm. that just goes against everything I said about not manipulating the results. So I don't actually want that, but if we're going to call stuff, we call it on everyone. And race control has been good for a while, but they're slipping back into a trend that I'm not happy to see because I remember periods of this kind of inconsistency and it is enraging. And I can't imagine how enraging it is actually as someone who's competing in the race. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree there. We have a look, what, a couple more news things to get to? Yeah, we do have some more Felix, news. Felix DeMeyer Shank. said Felix. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have an Aero McLaren announcement on Friday, Friday afternoon. I will be out of pocket, so Frenchie will be tweeting or posting or resharing or whatever. And mm-hmm. if it's who we all think it is, we will have some sort of quick chat interview at some point. I don't know if it's going to be Friday because I will not be home most of uh, all weekend. So I don't truly know, but at some point soon, Miles Rowe, we mentioned, I guess, you know, there's a potential that Andretti could be down to three cars, but now we saw that maybe it might be Stingray. Grosjean could be headed back to Dale Coyne to, to be back in the 51 car, which I don't think is really all that bad of a spot for him. I remember what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. And and that is now that we know that Tom Blomquist and Felix Rosenquist, which their last names have, Oof. everyone's pointed out already that they both have the QVIST. Wow. I haven't seen that anywhere on, on social media. Oh, I've seen it a bunch of times. Already. Oh, I was, I was, the... I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. I, I thought you, I believe that that was really good sarcasm (laughs) or I'm just off the game today, but we know that they're going to be there at Meyer shank next year. So I asked you, where does that leave Simon Paginot? Assuming he recovers during the off season, what are his options for a seat? If he's going to have an Indy car ride next year, or does he go to sports cars? What is, what is your prediction there? Let's float some ideas. So you know, we can realistically what's left at this point is you know, Ferrucci back to Foy is not confirmed. Pretty sure Peterson's mm-hmm. on a multi-year deal, so he's not going anywhere. There's the 20 car at, at Ed Carpenter racing. There's maybe an Andretti seat and there's maybe a Dale Coyne seat for the other, you know, for the, for the car that Malukas is 
vacating for somewhere else. So or Hunkos, yeah, because I don't think Canapino is under contract for next year. I'm pretty sure I think it's is. funding based. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought Ilot's contract was ending this year, and they, they had to figure out whether they're. I thought renew, it was next year. I might be wrong. Okay. Anyway, after I talked to a friend in the paddock yesterday, as you and I were texting afterwards. I think it's, I think before when you and I were texting yesterday, I was like, oh, he'll find somewhere. And then I kind of thought about it more and I don't know, woke up and had some coffee as I was walking to the gym and was on the phone. I went, yeah, I think it's going to be sports car bound. Maybe he'll get like an Indy 500 ride too and he can you know, do that. But he's been Honda for so long, except his Penske stint, you know, going back to was Sam Schmidt Honda when he was there. Yeah, I, I know they so. switched switched at some point. So I don't know. It's I I think he'll be a, a sports car ride, and you know, deservedly so. He'll do very well there next year. But yeah, it's definitely I don't know. It's it's a bummer because you don't want to see somebody go out because of injury, but also you don't want them to rush back too early because of injury. So it's just I don't know. It is what it is. It's just. Honestly, this is one of those things where you go, it's racing. It's just a business. It's true. The last thing I think we had to discuss was the fact that Mark Miles has been on the record saying that Milwaukee is very likely to be on the schedule next year. And then we've also now heard that some East Coast promoter is pushing. talking to IndyCar about a new race. And so we have no idea... Where that is, we could float a lot of different ideas of I have what one. East Coast places or cities. Go ahead. I have a really good one. Camden, New Jersey. Okay, where would they race there? <laughs> Just in the streets? I have, I have yeah, city streets of Camden. What what could go wrong? I mean, it would be the same thing with them going back to Baltimore. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, for those who are not anywhere near the East Coast, Camden would probably not be a good choice. So we're going to avoid that. Yeah, I don't know. Look up the most violent cities in the U.S., and Camden's usually on that list. I think it's fallen down in the rankings, thankfully. But it was on that list for a long time. It Correct. still, unfortunately, has an a rate of violence that way outkicks its population. Yeah. Like, it yeah, shouldn't yeah. be that high. But yeah, I mean, Milwaukee, I think the biggest thing with Milwaukee or any short oval and if I think Rossi said it on off track last week or the week before how the problem with the short ovals is so on super speedways, we've added some downforce to make the racing better without it being totally a pack race on a short oval. You shouldn't have to worry about pack racing because the oval is too short or you can't fit, you know, you can't go three wide into a corner at Gateway or Iowa and you know, stick it for more than five seconds, more than 0.5 seconds. So why can't we add more downforce? Because the short oval racing this year between Iowa, like take out the New Garden domination, Iowa still was just okay. It wasn't awful. Gateway was not great and it's hard to pass there as it is. So the, the the short oval package needs some work. I don't know if it's the body itself, if it's 
some gurney flaps or you know scoops to bring air somewhere for some more downforce but something needs to change so if something doesn't change i'll be excited because milwaukee is you know a historic track and it'll be great to to see indycar back there but if the racing isn't significantly better i'm only like mildly excited yeah, that's true. I mean, it would be unfortunate if they went back to that track and made so many people's wishes or dreams come true. And then the racing was just okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, the last year, the last two years, Milwaukee was pretty not a, not a good race. So, you know, and that obviously was a different, was, you know, two or three arrow kits ago at this point. But yeah. Oh, before, before we go. <laughs> But it's still the same chassis, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it's still still the DW12. <laughs> Cue the bring it to the vintage races jokes and all that. But before we go, HMD will not, you know, because and it has nothing to do with Malukas and, and anything, but you 90, there is a good chance that you will not see HMD branding on one of the Dale coin cars next year. So that might impact who they hire as a second driver yeah, because of funding, but that's what we know. You sent me that screenshot, like literally as we, I think as we hit record. So we'll go there next week. Got the time confirmed Tuesday, late afternoon. We have a really cool interview. It's going to be a little on the shorter side because, you know, it's just, it's that time of the year where there's lots of racing going on still in some other series. So that'll be out Wednesday morning next week because that'll be pretty easy for me to to edit and get out the door. And then, yeah, it's the last IndyCar race, which means soon we will do IndyCar 2023 awards. I can't believe how quick this season has gone. And, you know, especially for one that's been so thoroughly dominated by Polo, it's still like flown by. But we'll talk about that when we do our awards and whatnot. I don't know. I have nothing else. Do you have anything else? No? That's fantastic. I hope everybody has a lovely weekend. I hope it's not 900 degrees wherever you guys are. And enjoy IndyCar at Laguna. Enjoy NASCAR at Kansas. Enjoy, I don't know, whatever whatever else is racing this weekend. E-Scooter in Camden and see you guys okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.